Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. What do you guys see as far as, you know, because a lot of our audience is more of like a small business. They're not a big corporation. They're smaller teams of, you know, maybe two, three, four, five people, you know. Um, you know, where do you guys see a lot of the breakdown or the the loss in, in those kind of smaller teams like that? Why don't you give the example of we work with a lot of businesses that are in a stage where they're their revenue is growing rapidly, but they're not quite they're They would be still in the small size. They're, they're headed to the midsize business, but they're just exploding with growth. And usually as someone who's just got a real good match with whatever it is they're bringing to the market and the market is just eating it up. They figured out some advertising, but largely it's just a matter of like their thing, whether it's a service or a physical thing is just meeting a demand and they are blowing up. So I'll throw that one over to you, Josh, because that is, there's a really interesting example. I'm going to use one of our current customers. All right. It's a good example. Six person team doing awesome out of Canada, female, all female. Okay. Um, came to me and our first problem was she's working 90 hours a week. She's got no more time, you know, and can you fix a few things for me? Within two weeks, I eliminated 40 hours of her work alone right away. <laughs> you know, she already didn't have a life. Now she has a life, but she still has work. Now the rest of the things she wanted to do backfilled it. And then we kept doing that. And we kept doing more than that. Um, so here's what happened. She now had time to work on her business rather than in her business. And we talked about... Uh, one of the things we talked about, she had failed trying to automate some of this. You know, she basically, she, they do coaching and teaching. Uh, and it's amazing what they do. It's like a 10-week tutoring program for kids right. who need help in school. I mean, basically. they learn how to be accelerated. They learn how to learn well. Anyway, long story short is she was so booked up, you can't get an appointment with her for, for two months. <laughs> So, you know, but before this, I'm rolling this back and I, I talked to her and we talked about, um, you know, how do we, how do we make another offering that does not require you to constantly have involvement and your people don't have to be involved because you just, it's a resource intensive business. So we went to say, okay, let's do something that's a debt. Her, co her course has started $8,000. <laughs> okay. So it's a high ticket paid in advance. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so it's really cool. So I said, why don't we make a down sell for some people? You know, she said, you know, there are people who just can't afford it, and I really don't want to give away my stuff. So why don't we make a down sell of kind of a self-guided, a guided program? I said, we put together an MVP, and let's just throw it out there and test it. We threw it out. We, we made something simple, nothing complex, right? It has all the same quality, but it's just self-run. It was designed differently. Threw it out there on December 25th of 2020. 
sold one every day for a thousand bucks. Still selling that one every day. All right. She had a different problem. Now she wanted to, she said, Ooh, we can grow this. We talked about how, and I said, sell them by the, sell them by the bucket. So she sold, she went to a school system and they bought 40 at once. And now she's working on one that's going to buy 3,200 as part of a teaching association. And now, you know, her marketing, she's got that dialed in. She still doesn't have the availability. So I said, you need to hire some salespeople. Literally this week, she hired some salespeople. They're starting on Monday. Wow. <laughs> she hired three full-time salespeople. That's crazy. Okay. So we had to put the systems in place to train the people, to process the leads automatically, to follow up with the leads, and to take money and, you know, pipelines and all that stuff. We're expecting her business to take off. Right now, she has 64 appointments that she's transferring to these three people to close. Hmm. That's for Monday because wow. you can't get an appointment on a calendar to buy something. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, that brings up, Josh, is the story to me, which is this is a way for people to think about process when they're growing rapidly like that. We, I was down in Georgia visiting and we took a trip we were invited to come take a tour of the Caterpillar plant through one of the associations uh, that we were involved with, like the big, you know, the big rig yeah. Caterpillar machines, like the dirt earth movers. And we were like, oh yeah, that sounds real cool. Like I want to go see what they're doing in there, you know? Yeah. We were stoked, you know, <laughs> like father, son, like get to go look at a bunch of earth in movers. The and, and then there was this other side of in the factory. Yeah. I get a whole tour and this other side of it was like, wow, there's, there's a lot of like automation potentially going on here. We didn't necessarily know uh, until we got there, but the plant manager gave us a tour of the factory and walked us around all the different stations that go into making one of these earth movers. And the one of the takeaways, and they did, they had a lot of automation, manufacturing automation, which doesn't necessarily relate to uh, sales automation the same exactly. But the, the interesting thing that I thought about it was he talked about this idea that we, when we put in automation and process, our whole goal is not to save time, not to make a lot of money, but his perspective was to make it hard for people to fail at what they're doing. And we took that and thought, wow, that's a really cool way to think about it. Make process so that it's really hard for people to fail at their job. Hmm, that's really good. And so taking that and applying it to when you get a lead in from the great marketing you're doing, make it really hard for someone to fall out of your pipeline. And if they're touching humans along the way in the process that you've created, make it really hard for all those humans to fail at their job. Hmm, that's really good. And so that's, that's the goal. Make Use process, use automation, use technology to do the things that take up your time, but also use it to make it really, really hard to fail at your job and anybody you hire. Because now you're leveraging your resources smarter. People are happier. They're more successful. And consequently, you know, if you're doing that right, then you should see a growth in your business. There is no salesperson that I know of, including myself, that likes dialing for dollars or making cold calls, or talking to people who aren't prospects, or ready to buy. 
There's nothing more exciting than to talk to somebody that's ready to buy because what happens? They're making a decision, you're making a commission, you're moving, you're making your goals, you're making your quotas, and everybody's happy. As opposed to, hey, what'd you do for me this week? Oh, it's a dry pipeline. <laughs> I remember hiring somebody, one of the top salespeople from um, Gateway Computer a long time ago. He was the number young guy, number one sales guy. I hired him because I had a great experience. I bought $150,000 worth of computers for a product project. And I was like, this guy is great. And he followed up and everything. So I said, hey, you want to come work for me? I need, a t- I need a sales guy. You know, we had a consulting company and we did, you know, automation. And um, he was like, yeah, I flew him down here from Michigan and, you know, we had some, you know, he loved it. He says, I'd love to move to Georgia, and this is great, out of the snow. You know, where do you, where do you store your galoshes? I'm like, what's those? <laughs> anyway, long story short is, you know, I put him to work, and he failed miserably. One day we had a conversation. They said, Har-, his name is Harley. He said, Harley, what are you so down about? You made a couple of sales. He says, yeah, but it's not the same. I said, what do you mean? He said, when I was at Gateway, I fielded calls that they did in marketing, and I sifted and sorted, and I picked the best ones, and I made lots of sales, and I felt great every day. I said, yes, so? He says, well, here i got to go and find the people to sell. i got to qualify them. i got to, you know. I said, oh. I said, well, I thought you were doing great. You know, you're knocking out a couple of sales, uh, you know, every couple months, and they're big ones. She says, but it's not, it's not the same. And what I learned is, right, I, I opened her. He wasn't selling. He was taking orders, but deciding which order, only to take the big ones. <laughs> okay? So he was the top sales for me. because it was. He was good at customer service, but not good well, at sales. There was a good marketing department that presented him qualified leads at different, at different levels, people who were interested in buying, maybe not now, but in a month, or, in, you know, or versus, you know, I need something in a week. But he could d- discern which ones were which and close them and get them nailed down. Mm-hmm. So I learned that, you, you know, if and a lot of companies that I have worked with over the years, uh, especially in technology, they focus on getting good leads in and making sure that people have interested people to talk to. As opposed to literally in my day, I went out and prospected. I had to find customers. Today, you know, I'm, I'm the older dude in the group, right? prospecting. I prospect on Facebook. I see somebody has a problem. I reach out and say, I can solve that. Let's talk. You know, um, you know, I had a conversation with a guy in Brooklyn. I said, Hey, I'm a fellow Brooklynite. You know, you look like me. You have no idea how this stuff works. And you're going down. all. I say, I can save you a lot of money and a lot of hassle. Let's have a conversation. It's like, Oh, finally, somebody looks like me and knows that I don't know what I'm doing, but doesn't embarrass me. And, you know, and I can show you how, you know, he's like, he bought a, he bought a, he bought a, he bought an auto, a sales automation tool and he was looking for an email tool and a proposal tool. And I'm like, you already own it. Uh-huh. You know, so, you know, and he's got a company, he sells to physicians. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, he's got a market that pays a lot of money for his services, but it's like, you don't know how to drive this new Ferrari you got. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any difference if you're old or young. One of the things you ask, how do you help the, the, the small to mid-sized business, right? Yeah. One is you got to help them think differently. And the idea would be is 
And it's hard because you don't have some, you know, I've done, Sam and I have dealt with so many businesses. We can take ideas from a law firm and apply them to manufacturing and manufacturing and apply them to a physician's office, right? Cross-pollinate ideas. Hey, this worked over here with a twist. It'll work over here. But the idea is if you, you attend podcasts and learn things, there's lots of stuff online. I learn a lot. I'm online. YouTube is my friend. It's my teacher. Okay. Because everybody has stuff I don't know or I'm trying to connect. But the idea is, Think about how you can eliminate yourself, right? If you use that mindset, how do I not have to be here? Or I can teach somebody else to do it and they do it perfectly every time. Or I can automate it so it doesn't have to be done at all by a human, right? Number one, you're going to lower your cost of doing business. You're going to decrease the problems. And you basically try to build a better way of delivery. And you think about it in basically five sections. There's lead generation. There's conversion. There's delivery of what pe- you promise, what you promise people. Then there's delighting them that, and keeping them happy that they don't have buyer's remorse, right? You know, how to use the product better or service or whatever that you bought. And then the one that everybody forgets, ask for a referral. <laughs> That's part of the process. For every sale we have, we have three to five referrals. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, what a lot of, you know, I know for me, I started the business just kind of on my personal brand, you know, just me uh, building relationships with people, having uh, previous jobs in the past and, uh, you know, me put myself out there. And so, you know, how do you how do you work yourself out of something when, you know, you are kind of the person who people want to work with or who, uh, you know, view as the the you know lead creative or or, you know, the person that has all the knowledge that they want? Well, I think the fastest way is is there's there's two things we see this all the time. That's a great question. I mean, it, you know, a lot of people build build a company off a of personal reputation, and they're being hired for their time, right? And it's a classic conversation in this day and age. Like, you got to, you know, you're are you trading time for money or not? You know, do you have another way to make money? And so the bottom line is, and like it's anybody in this digital world has seen it. And it sounds cliche, but it works, especially if you've gotten good at marketing your time and your personality and what you your value is. Turn around and ask those people, try and find out what is it about your time that really impacts those people? What are you doing for them? You know, what's the real outcome? And then number one, charge more for your time. And number two, and this is the big one is create some kind of product and it is now easier than ever to create some kind of digital product and it doesn't even it doesn't have to be a piece of software it doesn't have to be a SaaS product literally just a knowledge product and you'll hear all kinds of opinions on it they're dead you know nobody listens to them nobody buys them it's not true it's we work with people all the time who sell their knowledge in some format that is deliverable without any requirements of their time. You know, the time investment is upfront once and then that is available for people. And being able to sell that is one of the fastest ways to change that dynamic and get your time back. And then you can be pickier. You, you can do a couple of things. You can get rid of all the clients if you want. <laughs> so that's one, one on, option one on that one. you spend one your time one. with. Right, the one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you can charge a lot more and just be pickier with who you accept to, to work on with your time. 
But honestly, that's the fastest way. We, we work with people all the time to make that happen because they built something that requires their time. And now they are out. They're literally out of time. Let's take a real life. Let's take a real life example. Okay. We have one of our customers is a couple and they're a power couple and they're dynamic. And for years they coached, spoke and did all the normal, you know, uh, motivational speaking, corporate events, etc. There was only so much of them. So the first thing they did is they wrote a book. Okay. So they became a, they became a bestseller. And the second thing is, you know, they tried to do more, you know, with, when COVID came around, all that, they, had, they tried to do more coaching. And I said, well, let's look at this strategically. You work with people one-on-one and they actually, they, you know, $40,000 for, uh, for one-on-one. That's a lot. You, do, you know, you do 20 or 30 of those a year and you're, you're, you're full up along with speaking engagement, et cetera. So I said, you know, why don't we look at two other levels? One is, why don't we look at what I call cohort training, where you go one to many. So, you know, we developed the program. They did it. Now they do 30 people for like $8,000, $8,000 a clip for ten, six weeks at a time. Do the math, right? So they, they have one day that they train everybody, and then the rest of the day people have study and homework to do, and they have some to do some things, but it's all automated. They just... It, it, it's all, all the homework is recorded. It's all very streamlined. So we helped them develop that and launch that piece. That was very successful. And then we went and said, okay, now let's have a downsell. Those people, so you got people at 40 grand down to eight grand. What about some people have heard about it and they don't have eight grand? Let's do a do-it-yourself. Different content, different style, but it's all the same material, just delivered differently. Now you have a, a do-it-yourself masterclass. 1,500 bucks. No involvement whatsoever other than adding some new material on an ongoing basis to keep it fresh. But now you got three different sources or four different sources of revenue. And then it was like, okay, how do we replicate ourselves again? I said, licensing. You have people who want to, they want to be like you. And everything you know that you're teaching to people, you can teach them to teach people. And they buy a, fran- a, you know, a franchise, a license it. Yeah. And now they are teaching it. So we have people in the in in all kinds of healthcare businesses with a brick and mortar, and now building. Let, yeah, let's yeah. actually take. A, yeah. Hey, Josh, I'm gonna stop you real quick. Let's take a classic example of someone who might not think that oh, this isn't for me, right? Because I think those are the those are really fun. That would never think that they could do something digitally. A client of ours, very, and this, I mean, this is just a, probably a consequence of who we're referred to, and we have good clients, but the application is kind of for anybody who's, who's in this position. She is a doctor or psychologist and uh, she's, yeah, she's got like all these things behind her name, you know, yeah, all these the letters. letters and, and, and she's really respected and I don't mean to play that down, but she's really respected in her field and, you know, has lectured in her field and she wanted to do something that, that you know generated some more revenue and freed up some time from having to just continue to practice. She was getting a little older and she didn't want to mm-hmm. do this all the time. So this is a, a field that someone in this field might not think about going the digital route of presenting their knowledge. But also, in fact, she was also an author already of multiple books on her topic. Right. 
Yeah. And so she had all the credibility one would need to easily get this to market and be trusted. And she also had a group of peers that were rising up into, into that same profession that would look up to her as someone who was very successful in their practice. And these are the, these are the things that I think are the coolest because these are the people who they're professionals completely outside. They're not digital anything. They, they don't actually care about the technology. They just want to create another source of revenue and they heard about it. And then they're like, okay, I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? And then, you know, the outcome is right. That she was able to take that knowledge that she built over years and put it into a digital format that she then, whenever she would speak, could offer and let people know about if you want to in-depth and continue to go on this and learn more, here's an opportunity to do that. And she's blown up. Let me put that in context of what she did and how it occurred. She said, I want to build a community for the professionals that I serve, and I'm going to help bring them along, the young to the old, right? Teach, teach them and pass it along. So to her is, her view is, I need a website. Mm, not really. You need, you need a commu- something that builds a community. But the website is the front-facing. That's the shiny thing. So we built a community website. She can invite people to. They had uh, the recordings of each of her teachings that she would do each month on training they had a forum inside, and she had placed different things that she offered them that they could buy. Right? Relatively simple. Charged $39 a month, nothing fancy. Mm, but we got several thousand members, and all of a sudden, she went, wow. And guess what? And this is a recurring subscription. So that's another thing to put in your mind. If you can create something that has a recurring subscription, that is absolutely what you want to be focusing on. And it gets better. She had a part-time assistant works 10 hours a week. It didn't require any more help. The whole thing runs automated. All, all her assistant does is place the latest Zoom video, up, downloads it and uploads it into Vimeo, and then puts it into the blog, the, v, the, v, the v blog, video blog area and publishes it and lets everybody know it's there. So then that worked out well. The next project, she says, you know, I'm talking in collaboration with another gentleman and we're going to do... Uh, vignettes of actual patient, doctor, you know, we've got 10 hours of recordings of how to actually do these interviews and help patients. We created another thing. It's like $139. And, you know, when she speaks, now she, no, she used to do big book tours. Now she speaks Zoom. And what Sam was getting at is I gave her a number says, text this number and you'll get a discount if you sign up for it. And I know because I give her the discount code and we get an alert. Hey, look, you made 400 sales today. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know? cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a cool – is that kind of answer the – I mean, you started with how do you get your time back, right? And like – Yeah, and we did a great episode with uh, a guy named Greg Hickman. Uh, if you're listening and you're interested, you can go back to episode 23 and 24. It was a two-part series um, about productizing your business. Uh, you know, which was really insightful. And, and I definitely, you know, uh, that is something I think that's, it's kind of like that, the, the creatives coveted, um, thought of like creating some sort of product and, and, you know, working themselves out of, of, uh, doing 
uh, you know, the day to day. I think what's hard for most creatives though, is that it, it's, it's like one of those things like, how do I sell my graphic design skills or how do I sell my video, um, you know, production skills? Like we're right now, I'm making, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year making videos for companies. Now, how do I productize that now? Yeah. You could maybe create a course on how to make a video or how to edit a video or whatever. But I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles that most, most creatives, um, you know, come upon, you know, as far as that goes. Sure. And that, and I hate to say it, that a lot of people, it's not only women to creatives think they're the only ones who can do it. And you have to overcome that. Can you teach somebody how to do this? Somebody who becomes a licensee. You think of the franchise business, right? You know, how many people actually knew how to run a McDonald's? Mm -hmm. Hey, look, there's a money making business. I hire people who know how to well, take it down to an even more clear, like an even more relevant level is if you're a creative, you learned that from somewhere, unless right. you had some kind of family member that taught it to you, or you lucked out in school with a great, you know, teacher of some kind at some point, the, you probably took some classes that yeah. you paid for and learned stuff from, and you can do the so, same thing. Remember that book I was telling you about? It's called Who Not How. Right? And here's a very interesting thing for a business owner. When you need to get something done, don't think, how do I do this? Think, who can do it for me? I was going to say, I want to pick your guys' brains. You know, we're coming up to the end of the show here, but I wanted to pick your guys' brain a little bit um, as far as, uh, you know, software and uh, other types of technologies that you recommend. Ben currently is, is on the hunt for a CRM automation type, you know, product. So, okay, I'll give you my software monologue and my tools monologue. All right, ready, <laughs> go. They're all tools, and the tools don't matter. Yep. <laughs> but you need the right tools to get the outcomes. So, right. And I, we get this question all the time, and I and I know it's the nature of the the environment that we're in, but. People ask, what tool do you use? What tool do you use? And I go, the tools have to do whatever the requirements are that you need. Exactly. That's how you choose your tools. You're yep. building a house. The goal is to build a beautiful house, not buy a DeWalt, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. A DeWalt will work and so will uh you know, I'm trying to think what's another brand. Yeah. Any other brand, right? Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and, and so the bottom line is it's that old adage of what are you trying to do? You're trying to get a hole, you know, not hammer, or, or you're trying to get something to hold the picture, not, not hammer a nail. The outcome isn't that the outcome is the outcome. So focus on that. And too many people do this. And it's just the simplest thing is figure out what it is you want that tool to do for you. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. then just go to a website like G2 Crowd or Captera and look around and find the tools in the space and then get on a demo and find out if it actually can do what it says it's going to do. That's yeah. how you find the tool. Bottom yeah. line, that's how you find the tool. There's little nuances and stuff like that for certain situations. Um, but when it comes to tools, it's a tool. If, it's, if it does, if it's got the specs to drill the screw, so to speak, the way that you need and it fits – that tool is going to work for you. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's my tool. My, that's my tool and software monologue. I, I when I everybody, like anybody asks, that's like, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Makes but sense. there's one, there's one thing about that that you actually have to take to the next level. Okay. And that is think ahead. So you don't have to change tools. Yeah. Right? Yep. 
I, I, you know, the comment was, I want something that's cheap and free and will get me where I'm going. Great. Then you think of it as a disposable tool and you will have a, you, you'll have to take the time to move up to a different one. Yep. That's, that's exactly what we're going through right now is basically just to be like, get really practical here. I'm kind of like, I've, I've been using the free HubSpot CRM. Obviously when you start wanting more features, huge upgrade price, once you get into professional levels, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a genius lead magnet, you know, it's a great strategy for them. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, real hooked. You got all your data in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's real it painful is possible. to leave. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But I mean, it is, you know, I'm willing to do it because I also recognize that probably it's cheaper to pay somebody to migrate all my data over to something else, like I'm looking at other options, than it is to stay there just because my data is there now and to pay X thousand per month for the rest of my life to HubSpot, you know. But I also recognize there's some, like, I've, I've done exactly what you're talking about, which is go through G2 and look at, like, okay, what are the features? I've, I have so many trial accounts that I'm getting bombarded with all of their automated marketing emails from every single CRM right now. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of that right now. And, um, uh, yeah, so I am doing what you're saying, Josh is, which is thinking ahead and not just picking what is the tool that's going to work right now, but what is going to work in two years, five years. Cause it's, it's painful to switch. I think eventually. Well, actually but. it's not the years. If, you, if you're growing exponentially is, mm-hmm. and this is the way I, I think I like this, you, you know, those, uh, clowns or magicians with the. With, with the they blow the balloon up yep. and then they twist it into an animal, right? Yep. In the business, you're blowing your balloon up with business, mm-hmm. and then you're twisting off customer service, sales, marketing. The air doesn't change; it just moves further out. <laughs> okay, so you need to think. You know, what is a tool that can handle the things that? You know, can you think far enough in advance? Whether right. that sometimes that far enough is ninety days away because you outstripped your capabilities. Yeah. But I find people who are bootstrapping it, okay? Now, I'll give you an example. I'll go for a more expensive tool mm-hmm. that I can grow in yep. than something that i got to change. Because yep. cha- in any organization, change is expensive. Mm-hmm. Retraining, yep. mistakes, transferring yep. systems. So get something that you can grow into and it's got headroom, yep. right? It's not like a pair of shoes that you buy a pair. You buy a pair of tens when yeah. you're a seven. It doesn't work that way. You got totally. one that has to fit. But the idea is, does it have things that you can grow with, mm-hmm. or are you doing it because you're cash strapped? Right. You know? And I got and, another thing, Josh, that I want to add yeah. in. Yep. I also see people when they reach the limit of their tool, or they're not sure if the tool is going to work for them, they start to try and build custom stuff. Yeah. Stop right there. Because if you are building custom stuff, you better have a real damn good reason to build some custom stuff. Yeah, because totally. And deep pockets because we live in a world where the value is not in custom building. It's in strategically figuring out yes. and putting together the set of tools that already exist, that are maintained mm-hmm. and constantly being upgraded that you're paying for. You're paying that monthly subscription yep. for a reason yep. and getting with the tool that's going to work for you. That's built also with the feature set for the industry you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's no, the other I totally thing. agree. There's another interesting piece. We have one client, right? And I call them the shiny object guys, right? I love them to death. We did it. We did a tool audit, all right? An automation audit, which we do. I do a small one and a large one. They had 90 different, 92 different pieces of software they used to run their business. <laughs> right? from well, that's all that's all the way from marketing to accounting like the whole right. everything yeah. mm-hmm. there 
Yeah. But when we were finished, we found 63 of those were had overlays and duplication. Mm-hmm. So imagine getting rid of 63 integrations, 63 payments of services, yeah. 63 things that they had to learn when they brought an employee. That's a huge streamlining, okay? And that, that's the modern-day way of that onion I mentioned back before. They kept, you know, I need a thing to do things. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. I got, I got 19 t- products on AppSumo because they were free or cheap. And let me do this and this and this. Yeah. Here's an interesting story about one of those tools. They were telling us during our, you know, investigation, so to speak, that this one tool that generated 500 new leads every week. I was like, holy shit, I got to see this. Yeah. How much is that tool? It was like $19 a month. I said, that's cool. I said, why don't you open it up? Show it to me. I'm curious what it does. How does it do that? We look at the stats. Last month, zeros. Month before, zeros. Month before that, zeros. Then before that, it was 500. I said, so what made it stop? He's like, I don't know. I said, why don't you, it's on a credit card. Why don't you see if your credit card expired? <laughs> so here's the interesting thing. Because of our conversation, we turned it back on. But here's their value. Their sale was $1,500. They closed 30% of all leads that came in. They didn't get a lead and they, didn't, they missed 1,500 leads. That's 500 sales at 1,500 bucks. All I did was say, it, it stopped working because their credit card expired. That means that the tool didn't remind you. Number one, that's the tool's fault of saying, hey, you lost a customer yeah. and revenue, even though it was 19 bucks. But the customer lost a lot of money. So that one, turning one that thing, that thing alone, paid for all our services for over a year. <laughs> yeah, makes um, sense. Cool. Well, hey guys, I I appreciate you coming on the show, and um, you know what we like to do is we like to uh, give some takeaways and then uh, give an action item for the week. So Ben, what is your uh, top five takeaways of today's conversation? Yep. One thing that, um, Sam, you said, whatever you're doing in life, pay attention and you'll find parallels to running a business. I think that's great advice. I think uh, what you said, Josh, saying we've always done it that way kills businesses. That's important to remember. You also said make your goal with creating processes to make it hard for people to fail at their job, not just save time and money. Also, keep asking yourself how you can eliminate yourself. And finally... When you're trying to accomplish something, don't ask how to do it. Ask who can do it for me. Solid takeaways. Um, and an action item this week. You know, with the Friday habit, our goal is to analyze the good and bad and to uh, come up with ideas and then take those ideas and put them into action. And so if you guys could leave us with an action item for our listeners to kind of take and uh, to put into practice next week to make their businesses better, uh, to automate their, their systems, what would that action item be? I've got one. I'm going to give you what I call my pal. Okay. Everybody needs a pal. All right, this is the one thing that small businesses can do, right? It, it takes, you have to spend two days doing it, a little bit each day, but it'll be your path. It's called the personal activity log. This is gonna sound really simple, super simple, stupid, and easy, All right? On our website, you can download it. I'll give you the link to it. You record what you do every 15 minutes for three days. It's a pain in the butt, right? It's just a log. You can do it in a spreadsheet, do it on a piece of paper, write it down, because you can just kind of scribble on it as you do it. Right? Set up a, a timer that buzzes every 15 minutes. Says, what did I just do? Okay? At the end of three days, right? Analyze where you spend your time. 
What repetitive things? What things should you not be doing and you should have delegated? What things could you have maybe automated if you think about it? And what things did you do that actually move the needle forward? Right? If you do that, you can you, you can then decide what what's consuming your frickin' day. <laughs> right? You right? Know, you know, it, it's a, it's your it's your time budget. So if you know what that is, you sit down with your assistant, you sit down with a you, you know, somebody who's not as busy, who is looking to say, can you give me some work to do? Because you just don't release that work and say, let me show you how to do this. And you take the time so that they know how to do it as good as you do. Maybe not as great, but it's acceptable because it gets done and you don't do it. And then the next thing you know is you freed up some of your time. That's great. That's great. I love that. What, uh, where can uh, people connect with you guys? The best place is just on mobilepocketoffice.com. We've got a big old button there that says book a call. We like to talk to you. Awesome. And, and see if you're a fit. And then after that, we'll market you a bunch of, uh, uh stuff. If you put your email in that, uh, you know, that's digital, that makes us money outside of that. <laughs> but, and you, you know, you can unsubscribe or whatever, but like that, that is the easiest way. Mobilepocketoffice.com. All right. Well, hey, guys, uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for being a part of the community. Uh, Go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. Uh, There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our free guide uh, to the Friday Habit System. That'll show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. And if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to record us a quick voice memo and send it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. Thanks for listening to The Friday Habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.